huge thank you to our live and studio audience. They are amazing. Brian, they're clapping for you. Welcome into this week's episode of the Young Dad Podcast. I'm Jay. Not with us today is A.A. Ron. However, we are joined by our awesome guest, Brian, who you heard a little bit about in the show intro. Brian, how are you today? Doing well, Jay. Thank you very much for having me on, man. I've been looking forward to this. I have too. It's been, what, a month in the making? Yeah, something like that. That's what, A uh, lot of from, posts back and forth. My, and... Yeah, from my uh, assistant who handles all that kind of uh, scheduling stuff. Um, yeah, but here we are. Yes, and your team, they are great. They are so easy to work with. So just huge compliments to your team, to you, oh, thank you. your podcast. It's, it's great. But we're going to talk more about your show and more about you here in a minute. So um, a little bit about you. In addition to what I mentioned in the intro, in the intro, I mentioned you're a husband, you're a proud father, two adult sons, championship basketball coach, 20 years of coaching, retired. You're also a Marine Corps veteran. So first, before we jump further, I want to thank you for your service. Uh, Appreciate to our that. Country thank you for, for the support. serving in our military and our armed forces. Um, means a lot to, to us in our show. Our grandfathers were veterans um, in Vietnam and Korea and World War II. So we have a long line of military history in our family. So it's an honor. We appreciate that. You know, huge shout out to you. Thank you for your service and all the other veterans that are listening. Uh, like I mentioned, you were a basketball coach of 20 years, and now you host the Dad Up podcast and Coach Dads. A little bit more that I was able to find about you. I did stalk you reasonably, not too much. <laughs> I didn't find out where you live or anything. Um, you coach countless fathers on learning tools and strategies and parenting. You've also been featured on the radio, various publications, and even been interviewed by CNN for the work you are doing for dads. You are currently working, I believe, according to your site, on your first book, Dad mm -hmm. Up, and you hope it's going to serve as a useful tool for any parent. Uh, you and your wife, Andrea, currently reside in California with your two sons. Uh, Blake and Brett, who I mentioned, are adults. They're grown. So that's the paper, a little bit about you. So tell us just a little bit more about you, your fatherhood journey, and kind of how Dad Up got started. And I want the story. I want the long answer. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, thank you for for that. Yeah, that's um, that's a that's a quick version of of uh, of me, but. You know, my, my, my journey started very, very early on. And I grew up in a household that, uh, my parents to this day, over 50 years, still married. Um, and I grew up in a very loving household, but I also grew up in a household where my, both my parents worked very long hours. Um, they were blue collar workers and they were hardly ever home. And it, uh, had an impact on me as a young man. Um, I played a lot of sports. Uh, from swimming, water polo, wrestling, basketball. I played all kinds of different sports. Uh, so I was a pretty active, active kid. And I can tell you, Jay, on one hand, how many practices or games my parents came to in all my years. So that tells you that my parents just couldn't be there for me to support me in my extracurricular activities. Um, I used to ride to practices and games with my friends' parents because I didn't have a ride. Um, mm -hmm. and so that, uh, right there, uh, kind of instilled this desire in me to not be that way as a parent, even though I was far from having kids, I did not want to be a dad that was sort of disconnected from his kids. I wanted to be very active. Um, so I knew that at a very young age. 
when my wife and I had kids, uh, I took it uh, very seriously. I mean, I was, I was all in. I went to all of her appointments. I did all the doctor's appointments after they were born, all that kind of stuff. And even, even so, when they started playing sports at four years old, um, I started coaching. And it was little, started off with Little League. I started coaching and turned into Little League, turned into football, turned into basketball, uh, turned into flag football. I mean, it was just all those sports that they played, I was there. And my feeling was not that I have to do these things, not that I have to take my kid to these practices, because I didn't, right? I get to do these things. I get to take my boys to their practices. I get to take my boys to their games. And if I'm going to get to have that opportunity to do that, why not get involved too? And that would give me that much, that would give me that much better of a, a bond or relationship with my boys. So that's what I did. Uh, I took it very seriously and I coached my kids from the ages of four all the way up through high school and continued even coaching at the high school level. Uh, and when my boys were already gone, they were in college and off doing their thing. And I was still coaching at the high school level because I loved pouring into these young men and teaching them how to be men. Uh, and a lot of these young men didn't have dads. Um, so that was, uh, that was something that I took very seriously. And I just, you know, a year and a half ago, I retired. I, w I wanted to spend more time at home with my wife and, uh, she's, she's, uh, she used to be a, what we call a coach's widow, uh, but not anymore. Um, so I spend my evenings now with her and really, uh, enjoy it. I do miss coaching. I don't miss the games or the practices. I miss being around the guys. So I do go to games every once in a while just to catch up with the guys and see how they're doing. But um, yeah, it's just been a huge part of my life as a coach. And that's something that I um, will always cherish. And I still get recognized by some you know, younger boys that I coached when they were little that are now grown adults that still recognize me out in, out in town. And, and they, call me, they call me coach. Hey, coach. So uh, it's just a cool cool thing that I was a part of and uh, I'm really blessed by it. But yeah, as you said, my boys are grown now, uh, 24 and soon to be 22. And uh, my younger son is a junior in college. He played college basketball uh, and he's a junior in college awesome. now. Uh, actually, he'll be a senior. I should say he's going to be a senior. He just finished his junior year. So uh, and then my older son works in sales and um, he works for uh, a company doing um, kind of PTSD and uh, anxiety treatments for um, for clients. And so he works in sales and makes a good living. And uh, yeah, I couldn't be more proud of how they've grown and how they've turned out. And uh, that's that's where I'm at. I started the um, you asked the question about the podcast and why it got started. And it's very interesting because I was so involved with my boys' lives. Um, there was a point, Jay, where my younger son was a senior in high school. And I knew that once he graduated, he was going to be gone off to college and doing his thing. And I felt a sudden void when he was a junior, uh, a senior in high school. I felt, I felt a sudden void that my fatherhood journey was coming to an end. My fatherhood role was going to end. Now we know that's not true. We know that, you know, we're going to be dads forever. Um, but I felt like I had been so involved and now I'm not going to be able to be involved in anything because they're grown adults doing their own thing, living their own lives. What's next? What do I do next? 
And uh, it was a matter of talking to some family members that um, encouraged me to consider doing a podcast to help other dads. And um, I'd listened to a few podcasts, but didn't really um, know much about them. And so I did a little digging, a little research and decided that's what I would do. And here we are three and a half years later, a hundred, almost 200 episodes in. And like you said, I've been on radio, been in publications and was interviewed by CNN a couple years ago. Uh, Met some phenomenal people, interviewed some big, big, um, high profile guests. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. So that's that's me, Jay. I love it. A couple of the things you mentioned there, just, you know, you couldn't give up coaching even after your sons were gone because you just love pouring into the kids, into the youth, into these young men who who needed it, who you recognized the need and you saw a need and you filled a need. And that's one of the, my favorite things about coaching. Uh, I'm in the little league phase still with my daughter, uh, but I get to coach her team. I'm the exact same way. You know, if she's on a team, I want to be coaching or a part of it somehow. Except for cheer, I don't I don't want to be uh, mixed in with the cheer squad too much. Um, <laughs> right now and I don't think chair's going to stick, but you know, if she's there and I'm capable and I can do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be there. I think that if dads are able to, and they're involved and they're, they have the resources and the time and the ability be involved with their kids. I think that's so important to their development, to your relationship with them, to be, to be involved in that way. Coach your kids teams is so much fun and you get so much more out of it because you're not only pouring into your kid, you're pouring into these other kids who might not have strong male role models at home or exactly in their lives that need it. Even at a young age, they have an example. And from that, what you mentioned that you still have kids today that you coach when they were boys who are now men that still see you. They're like, yo, what up coach? I mean, I've done Mm -hmm. that. If I go back home to California, I'll do that. If I saw them or anything like that, I had four different basketball coaches and four throughout four years of high school. Um, I would still recognize each one of those guys. You know, I would recognize like the, you know, coach, coach Rob, who was just one of the coaches and athletic director at one of the high schools I went to. He was a really cool dude. He was tough on all the, all of us boys, but he was a great guy. He was super fun. We all would call him coach Rob. And if I saw him today, I would walk up to him, shake his hand, give him a big old hug and just tell him thank you. Um, and that's for me, one of the things I love when I'm like out at the grocery store, like I've only gone through two seasons of coaching and being on the board as a little league, um, but if I'm at the grocery store and a kid see me, like they'll come up to me and they'll say, yo, what up coach Jay? Or hi coach Jay. Like, uh, do you remember me? Do you remember my name? And I'm like, you got so big over a year. Like I had this happen just this last year. The little boy came up to me and he's like, Hey coach Jay. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. You're so much bigger. Like you're now playing. And I was coaching T-ball last two years. He moved up to rookies and just being able to see these kids and then see him on the field again, see him still playing baseball, see him still growing. And, developing and happy and healthy is such a good feeling. And I'm still like being able to remember my name a year later just means I did something right. You know, mm-hmm. the thank you text at the end of the season, you know, they make me cry. You know, I got mm-hmm. so many, I got a few thank you texts, not a lot, but probably two or three. And they were just, they were so heartfelt. They were so meaningful. And they were just so like appreciative. They're just like, thank you for pouring into my boy. Thank you for pouring into you know, my son, it's so appreciated your patience and everything. And I did not have an easy season last year. I had two kids on the spectrum. I had a kid with um, ADHD. Um, 
it I had a really poor attendance turnout, so I had every struggle come my way. I was like the one coach. I was just struggling every week, and it was just it just made it so much better. Like in the end, it was bittersweet, like seeing these kids that were there just develop and gain these skills. And I mean, that's one of the best things about coaching is just seeing these kids develop and turn into something that their parents didn't even think they could be or mm-hmm. do and just blow their minds. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I personally coaching is super fun. I plan to do it for as long as I'm able to, and no matter the sport, um, if not, I'm going to be right there next to the dugout yelling at the kids and be the biggest fan, biggest supporter, biggest cheerleader, number one fan. I'm going to have signs for all the girls on the softball team, go crazy in the stands and be nuts. So that's how I am. And that's, that's how it should be for dads. You know, if you're not on the field, you're Mm -hmm. not in the dugout, you're not on the sideline, you need to be in that front row every single time, supportive, there, present, because your kids are always going to remember who showed up for them. Like you mentioned that perfectly. Like you can count on one hand how many times they were there. Granted, circumstances, but you did a lot of sports. There was a lot of opportunity, you know, and that weighed on mm-hmm. you and that carried you into how you wanted to change, what you wanted to do different as a father. Um, so it's huge. Kids are going to remember who showed up. Your boys, they're going to cherish that forever and they're going to pour that into the next generation. And it's just going to keep pouring from there because they're like, well, my dad was there. Grandpa was always there. Grandpa's here right now. Heck, he's, he's right there. Um kind of thing so i just think that's all really no you're absolutely right i think that yeah i think um you know when i think about kids when i talk to dads some of the dads that i coach you know one of the things i talk to them about is listen i know that maybe you have a work schedule that doesn't allow you a lot of time to attend the games you have to try to find a way and for me what i did as a dad and i and someone who worked in corporate america in order for me to make the games, to coach the games, I would get to the office at 4.30 in the morning so I could leave at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to go coach games. So mm-hmm. I sacrificed a little bit of my sleep uh, getting into the office earlier so that way I could make sure I was there for my boys. Um, and so maybe it's something like that. If, if my work didn't allow me to do those things, Jay, I would have quit. I would have went uh-huh. to another line of work. I would have went to another company because my family came first and that's how I saw it. I'm going to give you everything I got when I'm here at the office, but when it's family time, it's family time. And I was a firm, I lived by that. And I have to tell you parents out there, when your son or daughter is playing in a sport and they look up in the stands, they're not looking up in the stands at everybody. They're looking up in the stands to see who's there, who came for them, who's there to cheer them on. They're looking for you. They're looking for a relative. They're looking for their grandparents. They're looking for somebody they know from their family to be there supporting them. So if you can't make the sacrifice or you're too tired, you got to snap out of it and be there for your child because your child will remember that you weren't there. And I have to tell you, I would hate for one of those times to be the one time little Billy actually made a three pointer for the very first time. And you weren't there to see it. Uh, I think about stuff like that. And that's why I wanted to make sure I was at everything. And so it only made sense that I coached. So that way I made that way. I was forced to be at everything. I I was the coach. Mm -hmm. So that's why I did it. And 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, my parents on one hand, no joke. Now that's not, they were great parents, but they just had to work. But I will tell you this, I wrestled in high school and there was a tournament that I had to wrestle in. And this is, this is, I was in 10th grade and I still remember this distinctly like it was yesterday. And this is how much of an impact being a parent to your child has on the children, on the child. I was in 10th grade, wrestled in a tournament. I had two matches. The first one I wrestled and I won and I had to wait about two and a half hours for my next match. My dad didn't want to wait. He said, Hey man, get your stuff. Let's get out of here. I'm like, dad, I, I, I have another match. I can't leave. He's like, no, no, I'm not waiting around anymore. Go tell your coach that you got to go. We have stuff we have to do. We can't be sitting here all day. And he forced me to go over and tell my coach I have to leave. And I had to forfeit that next match. And how I remember that like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it hurt me because I wanted to show my dad what I could do on the mat. I wanted to show my dad that I was good at wrestling. I wanted to show my dad how happy I was that he was there by, you know, doing this sport and he forced me to leave. And I would never, ever, ever do that to my kids. My kids can tell me that they don't want to play a sport and I'm fine with that. If you don't Mm -hmm. want to play soccer, great. We're going to finish the season, but when we're finished the season, then we can move on to something else. If you don't like soccer, I'm fine with that, but you're going to do something, something extra. And I'm going to make sure I'm there to support you. So hundred percent. 100% 100% and can, can't agree with that more. Like I could remember a few times where I wish my dad was there, but he wasn't there. Um, I believe I was in a, and I think it goes beyond sports as well. Whatever your the extra thing your kid's doing, you know, obviously for us dads, we want our kids to be in sports. We want them to be active. Not all kids click that way. It could be theater. It could mm-hmm. be dance. Mm-hmm. It could be choir, whatever it might look like. It might look different for a lot of dads. So I want to give that caveat, but whatever it is, the point here is, like you mentioned so perfectly, when a kid looks up at the stands, no matter what they're doing or out into the crowd or whatever, they're not looking at everybody just to see, oh, wow, look at all these cool people. They're all here for all of us. They're looking who's there for them. Like you mentioned, you can't put that in a more perfect way. Like I remember I was at my daughter's kindergarten graduation. I got there early so I could sit smack dab in the front row. Um, and I'm right there in the front row. As soon as she walks in those doors, eye contact, she looks at me. You know, they're doing like singing and songs and stuff like that. She just kept looking over at me, you know, and because she knew I was right there. Her mom, I think, was somewhere in the back. I didn't see her. Um, Didn't really. She wanted to make sure she could see you. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's just, you know, where I'm always going to be. I'm always going to be in the front. Like I'm always going to be there. Support you front row if I'm not there next to you singing with you or anything like that. So um, it's just so important, you know. And you have to make that sacrifice. That sacrifice is going to look different for everyone. Well, I've had to do the same thing where I've had to go into work earlier. So I'm off earlier. So I still get paid the same, but I can do the things that matter to me most, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. that's my kids. That's my family. That's my girls. They matter more to me than this job matters. Right. And I can find another job tomorrow. If I really, really wanted to, I could go to a different job tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, um, kind of looking at it here i really wanted to kind of talk about the mission of the data podcast because i think it's put together so well and kind of the i want to know the why behind it so the mission of the data podcast you can kind of see it behind you uh for dads about dads being dads 
where did that come from? How did you come up with it? And why that mission? It's, it's a lesson. It's a, it's a, you know, it kind of sums up what it is to be a dad and the podcast really, I mean, yeah, it's, it's for dads, but it's for parents. Uh, you know, it really is. I mean, honestly, I have 60% of my followers are men and 40% are women. So I have a lot of moms that follow the show. Um, so yeah, I originally started as four dads and I wanted to open up their world and share their world about being a dad with other people. And the hope behind it, the really the mission behind it was if I can show you that you can still be successful in your career and you can still be successful at, you know, whatever job it is you're doing. If you're an entrepreneur, you can still be successful in that and still be a successful father because I've done it and I'm going to interview guys that have done it. And so that was kind of the, this kind of the mission behind it. I want to interview guys that have been phenomenal dads, but have also been phenomenal in their careers, whatever it is. And if I can inspire one dad to turn his life around, to be better for his kids, then I call that a win. And I've had countless people reach out to me. I mean, I had to hire a team to handle my emails because I get people that email with either questions or just to tell me their thoughts or give me their, you know, what they thought of my last episode um, and how it inspired them. I mean, I get those things all the time and it's encouraging. Uh, it means that my show's doing what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. is listen, our kids, our kids are our future, right? Our kids are our future. And if we aren't showing them right by being present for them, they're going to lead down a difficult road. They're going to have a difficult road growing up. And that relationship that you have with your kids is, is crucial. And so if your kids, if you're not, if you don't have a strong relationship with your child right now, um, it's time to change it. Uh, and it can be changed. It can be fixed. Uh, but it has to come from you. You've got to want it. And that's why uh, I put about being dads because they wanted it. The guys that are on my show wanted it. And so that was really the mission behind that's, you know, that those three statements. Um, and you know, I've had women on my show too. I've had, I've had plenty of, plenty of moms on my show, whether they've been authors or, um, I've had, you know, reality TV stars on my show. I've had, um, I had my wife on my show. Um, I had my wife on my show. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's really about parenting and, uh, mm-hmm. it's not so much about being a dad, but the mission behind my, uh, podcast is for dads. Yeah. No, I love that. And, you know, I think it's interesting because I hear that a lot to where that like split you mentioned, that 60-40, that's pretty ballpark to where we're at. We're about 70-30 men to women, but it's still like 30%. It might be closer to 40 actually, pretty similar, but that's pretty similar across like a lot of platforms. Um, At least guys I've talked to and things like Mm -hmm. that, which is really interesting because it shows that these women who are moms want their dads to be better dads. 
They want to figure out how can I help my significant other? How can I help my husband, my boyfriend, my fiance, whatever he is, um, be better? How can I help him help himself? Because obviously we're confiding in our partners. We're talking to them. We're telling them the mm-hmm. things, or at least we hopefully are. Um, hopefully that's your resource and your outlet for all those things that are you know deeply bothering you or feel like you're inadequate in some way about being a parent with your other parent that you're with. And um, mm-hmm. it's so interesting because that's why there's so much female listenership across a lot of our platforms and a lot of our podcasts because women want to help their husbands who are talking to them about, Hey, I'm feeling inadequate about being a dad. I'm struggling. And I think the biggest takeaway from a lot of what you just mentioned, you know, dad, you got to want it. You have to want to be a dad and you have to figure out how it's going to look. But really what it comes down to is just time. How are you going to change that time that you either aren't putting in right now that's hurting your relationship? And how are you going to put that time into it? Mm -hmm. That time's still there. You just have it in the wrong place right now. And I think, with that having an honest conversation with yourself about time like why do i feel like my relationship struggling with my kids okay i'm not spending enough time with them where am i spending this time why am i spending so much time you know checked out not present somewhere else out doing these things or why am i not including my kids in some of these things like yes that might be my hobby but would they also enjoy going fishing with me on a saturday morning would they also enjoy waking up and cooking breakfast with me? Would they also enjoy cooking dinner with me instead of being separated for that time? Where can I Mm -hmm. include them into my daily routine as it is and Mm -hmm. just spend that time with them? Mm -hmm. Because that's what kids want. They just want your time. There's that viral Facebook Mm -hmm. post that I've seen a bunch of times about the kid, you know, asking how much his dad makes. Dad gets offended, finally breaks down. Yeah, I make 40 something dollars an hour and the kid goes back rubs through all his money, his allowance and everything. Dad, I want to buy an hour of your time. Mm-hmm. Like that's so powerful. And then on top of that, I don't know how true it, I haven't vetted it, but I'm, it's pretty accurate. Like we spend 75% of the time we're going to spend with our kids in their lifetime by the time they're age 12. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of time that goes by. By the time they're 18 and out of the house, it's 90% of the time we're going to spend with them in their lifetime is already done and gone. It's like, that's some really short years. Yep. And when you put that in context, however old your kid is, like my oldest is six. So 37 and a half percent of time that I'm ever going to spend with her is already gone. But add to that, that I only have her every other week. Like that's probably a little bit higher for the t- amount of time I'm personally going to spend with her in that, in this time frame. So it's perspective. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's perspective. Where are you going to sacrifice? It's not where you're willing to sacrifice. Where are you going to sacrifice? It has to be an active action. There's there's not a compromise here. Like you mentioned, if you want to do it, right. you have to do it. There's no if, ands, or buts, right. willings, or anything. Like you, You're going to do it. You have to find it. Yeah. I, you know, I want to, I want to continue with what you were just talking about there. I want to ask you a question though, Jay. Um, and just this is not I'm not trying to be funny. I just want to ask you a serious question. No, of course. Spell love for me. Uh, I know I I know this one, but L O V E. You know how kids spell love? I do. T I M E. Correct. Kids spell love T I M E. Dads look and they say, "All right, well, I'm giving my kid love. I'm you know I'm, I'm buying him stuff. I'm letting him do stuff. I'm giving him hugs." 
but they don't want, they, they need that stuff. They need you to give them hugs and they need you to give them infection. They need you to give them those kinds of things, but they want to know what is the time that I get with you. And for me right now with my boys being older, you know, they're adults. They can, they go off on their own and do their own thing, but they have in the last year and a half have really taken up golf and the two of them go golfing together a lot. So what did I do? Took up golf and I don't golf. I am a terrible golfer and I did it because I know that if I say to my boys, Hey, let's go golfing. They'll, they'll want to go because they want to golf and I'll get to be with them. So even though they're grown adults, I have managed to figure out a way to still be active in their lives just by being interested in the things that they're interested in. So yeah, your kid may not like going to Home Depot. That's because he's not interested in Home Depot. Find out what your kids are interested in and then be interested in them. And if you do that, it'll make the, the time thing that much easier. So if your kid likes to build Legos, build Legos with them. Do something, build something that you want to build or help him build something, but play Legos. If, you're, if your daughter likes to go get her nails done, dads, likes to go get her nails done, go get your nails done. Nothing not, beats a good manicure either, no, just saying. Dude, I, I go, my wife gets irritated because I go probably every other week and get a manicure. And I get pedi pedicures because I'm a runner. I like that my feet to be nice and nice and fresh. So mm -hmm. I get pedicures and manicures. I don't have daughters, but if I did, that would be something that my daughter and I would do. My wife and I do it now together uh, as kind of our little thing. But if I had a daughter, that's what I would want to do if she wanted to do those things. So guys, I'm telling you, it's so easy to find that time because that's what kids need from you. They need love and they spell love, T-I-M-E. And you need to figure out a way to put those together to where you're satisfied with how much time you're giving them and they're satisfied with the love that you're giving them. 100%. And, you know, a way that I framed up for, so I work in mental health. I work with youth and families. So I work with a lot of parents who, and I'm part of a lot of dad groups, very common there, but to where they feel like they don't connect with their kids. They're not connecting with them emotionally or mentally or behaviorally, and they won't talk to them. They won't open up. And it all comes back to, like you said, it comes back to that time. But another layer to that, like you mentioned, is pick up their interests with them. Like you mentioned, you're a terrible golfer, but you're doing it anyway because you are spending time with your kids, and that's what matters most, and they're enjoying spending that time with you. And during that time that you guys are spending together, you guys probably talk without realizing that you guys are talking and opening up to each other and supporting each other and getting things yeah. off your chest and working through things because like in those moments, and I call that like hopping on their train, you're hopping on their train along with them. You're on their ride. Now they're the mm -hmm. conductor and you're just on the train. You're just there to support them. You're hopping on that train and you're, you're, you're on that ride. And it's amazing what happens when you just ask your kid. I see it so often in dad groups and it drives me bonkers. I've commented on it a hundred times, probably more at this point, but what do I do with my kid? What, do, what are some fun things to spend time with them? Like, no matter what age, as long as they're talking, if they're at a talking age, like, yes, that's probably the best time to ask them, but ask them 
a very simple question, and this question might blow your mind. What do you want to do? What would be fun for you? And no matter what they say, no matter what they say, Legos, going to the park, playing basketball, you know, if you have a community pool that you're a part of, whatever it might be, whatever that looks like, whatever they say, no questions asked. Just do it. If it's Legos, Mm -hmm. build the Legos. If it's getting a pedicure with your daughter, go get a pedicure with your daughter. If it's even just simple of going to the gas station and getting a slushy, go on that walk and go get that slushy or something. You know, like it doesn't, maybe it's just a car ride. All that your child wants, especially if you're struggling with connecting with them and interacting with them and the emotional side of things and the mental health side of things. And that one-on-one time that you spend with your kid is crucial because like we've been saying, like they just want your time. And when they have that time and they know it's their time, they know they're not going to be interrupted. They know you're fully present. That's another huge part of it that we'll get into into a second, I'm sure. But be present for that time and show up and enjoy it. Be active, be engaged, because then they'll start talking. They won't even realize that they're talking and opening up to you and that they're working mm-hmm. through these things that might be bothering them and you're able to support them and work through it. And, you know, you'll realize as you keep spending that one-on-one time with them that things change, behaviors get better around home, they're more upbeat, they're happier because their love tank is filled and you're happier because you guys mm-hmm. are connecting that time's there, everything's there. You have to stay consistent with it and keep doing it. But yeah. Yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the amount of time that you spend with your kids really to build that bond and that trust. Kids want to feel like they're safe around you. So my boys always understood that my home is a safe space. So if they need to talk to me, uh, because they played sports, we always use the team analogy, but I would tell them, you can come talk to me at any time you need to talk to me. I'm on your team. And if it's something that you've done wrong or something that you should have do should should have done and you didn't do, uh, you can still come and talk to me about it. I'm not going to say I won't be disappointed, but it doesn't mean that I don't love you any less, and I'm going to help you work through whatever that is. So my boys understood that our home was a safe space. Now take the flip side of that. Had I not had that kind of relationship with my boys growing up, had I constantly just focused on my career and was outside the home a lot. They did their own thing. We grew up and we've grown apart over the years. Now they're uh, into the high school years and they're really going through some challenges. Guess who they're not going to? Dad. You. Because dad wasn't there for me growing up. They're going to somebody else. And who knows who that somebody else is? And so I always wanted my boys to understand that you can always come to me and I'm always going to be there for you. And I showed that by doing it, not just by telling them, by doing it. And so for you guys out there, even moms out there, if you're having trouble connecting with your kids, you've got to put the time in and you've got to be disciplined in spending that time with them. It's super important. And trust me, they will recognize it if you do that. And it is intentional time. So none of that, that's one of the things that I coach when I talk to some of the, some of my dad coaches that I call, uh, some of the dads that I coach. Um, one of the things that they have to do through our coaching program is they have to spend 
one-on-one -on -one time with their kids every single day. You know how hard that is? That's tough. Yeah. That is yeah. tough because we have busy lives. We have things we have to do. We have busy lives. So I challenged them to find ways to incorporate their kids in the stuff that they have to do. If it means, hey, I have to run to the grocery store and, and get some stuff for the house, I want you to go with me because I want to talk to you about some stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you just go and have a conversation. Or like you said, maybe it's a drive. But some of the dads that I coach, I tell them, listen, I want you spending at least 10 minutes every single day, one-on-one -on -one time. No distractions, just you and your kid. And if you have three kids, that means you're spending 10 minutes at least with each one of them every single day. And I promise you, if you make that change, if you make that switch, I promise you, you will see a difference in your relationship with your child and the bond with your child will be much stronger. I promise. I guarantee it. 100%. And just to echo a couple of things there, you know, you mentioned that as they, as the kids get older, they're going to go through different stages. When things get tough, if they're not turning to you, then it might not just be a who they're turning to, but what they're turning to. They Correct. could turn to substances. They could turn to sex. They could turn to, um, you know, different ideations and different things like that that aren't the healthiest headspace for them to be. They might turn to very toxic online gaming communities. Who knows what they could turn to, but it's not just who they could turn to, but what they could turn to and what those different past leads found, you know, is so important to be there early and always be there. And on top of that, I love that you mentioned, you know, 10 minutes a day, but to add a layer to that, because that's the two places I see men feel like they're not connected with their kids that 10 minutes one-on-one -on -one, one thing that i've written about on my blog you know on the website you know when i bonus content from last season season three the well-balanced dad diet is if you're not able to start you know every single day start with something small start 20 minutes three times a week 20 minutes five times a week that not only goes for your child but it also goes for your partner as well Mm -hmm. because yeah, you have to have that absolutely. relationship with, with your partner. If you're not having that there, you know, that's also a huge element here to, you know, being a dad and, you know, having a home with a significant other um, to making sure that you pour that time into your relationship as well, because at the end of it, mm -hmm. and you know, this very well where you are, you know, you retired and you gave this time back to your wife to where, Mm -hmm. You guys are now re-experiencing, you know, a relationship and rebuilding that and not mm -hmm. rebuilding, but adding on to that, rediscovering it, you know, learning about each other again. And that's, you know, really cool place to be because you just went through the last 20 years of raising kids together and as parents. And now it's just Brian and Andrea, you mm -hmm. know, yeah, I not mean, too much there after now. Exactly. And, um, you know, my relationship with my wife, I call her queen, um, because she's my world. Uh, that's, that's where my foundation of my family started was with her. And mm -hmm. I look at, at our foundation to our kids, to our family. I look at our foundation and I ask, are there any cracks? Is the foundation weak? And that foundation is your relationship with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And even if you guys are separated, let's say you guys are divorced, right? If you have a strong Perfect. foundation, meaning you have a good, there you go. 
you have a good relationship with your child's uh, mother or father, even though you guys are divorced, if you have a good relationship, you can still make that foundation solid. But for me, being married, my wife and I have been together for over 26 years. We Our foundation is solid. And one of the things that we do regularly, believe it or not, is, and I've talked about this on my show before, is we actually have a marriage coach. And we go see a marriage coach once every other month. And we've been seeing this marriage coach for about the last, I want to say five years or so, about the last five years. And we didn't do that because we had problems. She's a licensed therapist, family therapist. Um, and we didn't go to her because we had problems. We went to her so we don't have problems. That's why we go to her. And we actually enjoy our time with her. We look forward to it every single week. Uh, I mean, every single month. We look forward to doing that with her. Um, and it has really opened up our relationship even more. And um, so, yeah, my wife and I know that our foundation of our relationship is the direct result of what our boys will grow up into. So they see me and how I treat their mom. They know that that's how they're to treat a lady or treat another person, you know, a girl. So the way that I treat my wife is how they should treat a woman. And the way that my wife treats me is how my boys should be treated by a woman. So 100%. when they get outside the house, they have that lesson already instilled in them because they grew up with us, right? So they see it. They see it. They lived it. So I, don't get me wrong. There, uh, there have always been you know, challenges. We have had challenges. Yeah. And we've had struggles. Everybody goes through that. But how we fix those things is what the less, is where the lesson comes from. So that's where the lesson comes from is how, how did we fix it? How did we get stronger from it? And, um, you know, it's the same thing with parenting, you know, parenting, you know, they say in, in school, you get the lesson, then the test, right? And parenting, you get the test and then the lesson. So you get the kid and then you have to try to figure out the lesson, how to, how to raise them. Right. 100%. But in a relationship, it's the same thing. It's the same yep. thing. In a relationship, we get the test. The test is the relationship. And now we have to get the lesson, which is how do we build on this relationship? How do we make it stronger? And my wife and I have, you know, you know, here and there struggles here and there, but my wife and I have, have done it and my boys witnessed it. So. 100%. And I just love the, the proactive approach there. You know, you don't have to have issues to go to a coach, to go to a marriage counselor. You don't have to have issues to go. You know, it's a great thing to do. Like I work in mental health, but you know, when, you know, actually before that, I did see your post, your story with uh happy girlfriends that you crossed out girlfriends and replaced queen there. Yeah, I'm like, I love, I love that. I love that. That was, that was awesome. Um, it was my first time posting yesterday. She doesn't about like it. My she doesn't like it. She hates that I call her queen, but she is, she's my queen. She's, she's, 100%. She, we are, listen, let me just say this. Uh, and, and I know I cut you off, but let me just say this in our relation, in our relationship. And I hear, I hear dads particularly because I coach dads. I hear them say this, Hey, you know, I, cause that's one of the things I work on when I coach dads is I talk about their relationship with their, with their spouse or with their, um, with the child's mother. So we talk about that relationship because I want to help strengthen it. And that's part of the program as well. So I talk to them about it and they say, listen, you know, we're, I feel like I'm given 50%. She's not given 50% and we're struggling in these areas. 
And I go, well, there's your, that's your problem right there. Number yes. one, you're not to be giving 50% and she's to be giving 50%. You need to be giving 100% and she needs to give 100%. You both are giving 100% to the relationship, not 50. Because if you give 50, this, the relationship's going to fall apart. I'm only giving you 50% of me, dear. So with my wife, she's my queen. Yes, I'm going to give her 100% of my time, my relationship, my love. She gets 100% of it. And she does the same for me. And that's, I, I live by that. Yeah. My, so that's just a little tangent, but my wife, uh, she just, she just smirks when I call her queen. So I love it's that. all cute. I love that. She, she loves it. She's just, she's not letting on that. She low key loves it. She would be devastated if you stopped. Um, but I think a really good part of that, that you mentioned is also like your kids are looking to you guys in the home. And I feel like that's so important. Like with my kids being divorced, you know, we've been divorced about two years now. So we've gone through a couple mother's days, birthdays and things like this. And, you know, I, my wife, my ex-wife's been remarried now, um, whole different thing to get into, but remarried and things like that. So it's like, they see how I still treat her. Like I never really talked bad about her in front of the kids. Occasionally something slips out of frustration or something like that. And sometimes something minor slips, but it's not constant. And I see that and it makes me sick to when men who are divorced are just bashing their exes in these dad groups. Like, yes, it's an appropriate place to do so. But also at the same time, you're never going to make progress in your co-parenting if you don't get over yourself. You just got to get over right. it. Like, just get over it. Right. I actually wrote about that over Father's Day with the divorcee dish. Um, like, one of the big things, probably the biggest thing you have to do as a single dad now is going through a divorce and co-parenting is you got to get over yourself. Things are never going to mm -hmm. be perfect ever again. They're not going to go back to the way they were. They're not going to change. You just have to move forward. Get over yourself. Let go. Let go of that anger. Let go of that frustration. Let go of that hatred. Let it go because it's going to impact you as a dad. It's going to impact you as a father. It's going to impact your relationship with your kids. If you're holding on to that in the slightest, you know, if you want to have a healthy co-parenting relationship, let's say you have young kids and they're potty training that has to be a consistent thing between the two households. But if you're not even able to communicate about basic things like appointments or, you know, anything that transactional and that's how it should be, it should be transactional. You know, you need to know this, this is what I need to tell you. And that's it. We don't need to have a whole conversation. We don't need to talk about all these things. Keep it transactional. But if it comes to like potty training or anything big that needs to be consistent between the two households, if you guys can't have that conversation, guess who's going to suffer? Not their mm -hmm. mom not you, right. your kid's going to suffer because they're confused about how to use the freaking bathroom. And then guess where that's going to lay over to school, preschool. They're going to be in first grade and still have issues, you know, because there was a lack of consistency between the two homes. Um, and that's one thing that I will always compliment my ex-wife for is that we have been able to have that communication about, Hey, you know, our youngest is almost three. She's potty trained, but it was that conversation like, Hey, you know, I'm noticing that she's waking up pretty dry in her pull-up. You know, I'm going to try transitioning her to underwear. Just so you know, my ex-wife's okay. We have five more pull-ups and then we'll start doing the same here for consistency and stuff. And that's what's important. So you have to have that communication and be able to talk about that to where yesterday my ex-wife texted me and she was like, Hey, do you have the girl's birth certificates? I'm like, yeah, I have them. Like they're locked up. You have pictures. Like I've sent them to you. Like look back through our pictures and whatnot. She's like, okay, cool. I found them. I just wasn't sure. She's like, I, I'm like, why do you need them? She's like, oh, I saw TikTok and freaked out about not having birth certificates. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, 
you know, but it comes down to those little things, you know, to be able to make sure you can communicate it when you need to communicate with your co-parent. So vital. So you have to, and men, men don't like hearing that, but you have to put yourself aside and you have to let go and you have to get over it and move on with your life because there's going to be something better ahead for you. I promise but you can't open up those doors. You can't allow those blessings to come into your life. If you're holding on to something that's not benefiting you or serving you. So, um, so yeah, I think those were what I wanted to say from what you mentioned. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that if dads are, you know, um, I'm not a big fan of, I've, I've heard dads, you know, bashing on, uh, their ex and I've heard it the other way around too. I've heard, you know, women bashing on their ex, uh, as well. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and I think that if that's the road that you're taking, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough for you to have a working, uh, co-parenting relationship in the future or going forward. Um, I think I'll put it to you this way. What is doing that getting you? What purpose is that serving? it's not making you feel any better. It's actually making you feel worse. So there's no gain for you doing it. It's not fixing anything that may be wrong. So why go through the energy of spewing what you're going to spew about the other person? It makes no sense to me. And uh, so it just, it frustrates me that dads succumb to that and they just, they give into it and they do it. And uh, the only person that really ends up being affected by it is the child or the children. And so, mm-hmm. yes, dads, if you're doing that, just stop, just stop. Uh, try yeah. to figure it out. Try to work a way around it. You have challenge. I get it. You have issues. I get it. Uh, it's a struggle. I get it. Uh, it's very difficult. I get it. She's hard to deal with. I get it. But mm-hmm. be the bigger person. Be an adult. Yeah. Figure it yeah. out for your kids, not for her not for your ex, for your kids, figure it out. Yeah. And for yourself as well. Like you don't, like you don't deserve that as a parent to always be worrying about like what your ex is doing. It doesn't matter what she's doing. You know, as long as you guys are on the same page for the kids, let her live her life or moms, if you're listening, you're single and divorced, like doesn't matter what he's doing. Is he taking care of the kids and he's do, is he doing his part fully? If the answer is yes, mm-hmm. let it go. Let it go. So many things mm-hmm. don't matter and they're trivial, especially if it's t- giving you negative energy or it's affecting you emotionally, mentally. And if you're really struggling with those things, there's plenty of resources out there for you to go and find someone, talk to someone, find a coach, find a therapist, find a counselor, you know, find a, you know, a, a peer, find someone to talk to, you know, to get those things off your chest and get that perspective. If you're mm-hmm. religious, talk to your pastor, talk to your associate pastors, mm-hmm. you know, find Find those outlets like most churches, their counselors and their their pastors, they do counseling to where you can go and mm-hmm. sit with them and get that spiritual perspective, but also like get it off your chest and talk to someone to where it's not going to cost you anything. Um, you know, and that's one thing that, like I mentioned, it drives me crazy in these dad groups because that's what so much of it is. And then the lack of support to where it's like someone posts something positive and it's like, like oh good luck that's not gonna last or good luck in that next relationship that's not gonna Mm -hmm. last very long you're just gonna be back here where you started and you know it's sad because it's like i'd I'd venture to sorry i'd venture to say that the 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 dads that uh, make those kind of comments they're the problem not the ex 
Yeah. And yeah, you're not too far off there. And it's like, why can't we just be happy for this guy who went through relationship repair or is working toward relationship repair and working toward reunification with mm-hmm. as a family unit with the with the natural mother and they're working on it together like you know what if they were able to find that common ground like we don't know you don't know that whole story so you're giving a negative comment because you still have something that you haven't worked through personally you're projecting yourself Right. Um, and it's really sad. It's discouraging. So dads, if you're listening and you're one of those people making those comments, like, let's just stop and let's work. Let's turn the finger inward and reflect. Why? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing that? It's not making you feel better. Like you mentioned, it's doing nothing for you. It's doing the opposite of what you're thinking it's going to do for you. Um, so, uh, but just yep. to wrap up here, um, Brian, first off, it's been a pleasure talking to you it's been a great conversation loved every second of it um i I feel the same way it's been awesome but i would love to just you know get your parting wisdom you know it's kind of what i ask everyone here at the end what would you say to the dad that's really struggling that's really going through it or to the husband that's really going through it with their wife i guess both those perspectives to the father and then Mm -hmm. to the husband what's your kind of parting wisdom what's your one piece of advice to both those guys yeah, it's a great question. Um, my advice, and I've had dads like that that have reached out to me, and my advice is, first, I want you to look at yourself. That's where I want you to start. Um, because if you can't get yourself in a place where you love who you are, it's going to be very challenging for you to love or support somebody else. So I want you to start by looking at yourself first, and seeing where there are cracks in, in your foundation that need to be fixed. I don't know if it's you know exercise. I don't know if it's yoga. I don't know if it's meditation. I don't know if it's journaling. I don't know if it's a therapist. I don't know what it is because everybody has their own thing that they need to, to, to help them work through an issue. Um, but you need to figure out what that is first. Before you can try to fix or correct the challenge that you're facing. And then the second thing is you need to talk to somebody, whether it's a family member, a brother, somebody to get that extra encouragement or that extra support. This is not uh, somebody to talk to, to gossip to, uh, or, you know, to get their opinion in a negative. This is somebody that you really trust, somebody that you could call at two in the morning and ask them for help and they would help you. So what I've done in my life and this is something that I would encourage all dads to do. Um, I actually have a personal board of directors. And what those guys are is there's a group of seven guys that meet with me every other month and we go through things in my life. So they work for me in, in guiding me, giving me support, giving me encouragement and telling me truths about what I need to know in order to get myself to the next level. So I developed this thing called personal board of directors. uh, And I actually wrote contracts for my guys. Um, I went through a list of about, I want to say about 60 guys and narrowed it down to, to these seven. And I asked them if they'd be willing to do it. And they agreed. So I sent them a contract, said, this is what I'm expecting from you. And this is what I'm going to do for you. And then we both sign the contract and we meet every other month. Now I do that 
because I want to improve in all areas of my life. I have a financial planner on my board. I have someone who's big in his faith on my board. I have a couple of entrepreneurs on my board and every single one of them, with the exception of one, every single one of them is married with kids. So I, and they're guys that I trust. They're guys that have great relationships with their families. These are the type of men that I want in my life. And so I circle myself with them and I meet with them every other month. I would encourage for any dads out there that are challenged in certain areas, whether it's your business or your family, to get that group of guys around you and lean into them. Don't be so egotistical that you have to keep everything inside or that you have to carry the weight of, your, of the world on your shoulders and think you're going to be okay because you're not. It takes a village to raise kids, as they say. And for you to be a productive human being and grow in all the areas of your life, you are going to need support. And so you can reach out to me if you have questions. You can reach out to Jay uh, or you can reach out to people that are in your inner circle that you know and trust and get support. Um, so first work on you and then seek outside. And once you have those two areas fixed, then you can start to unravel whatever challenge it is you're going through. So that's my answer. I know it was kind of long-winded, but. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was so great. Well, Brian, thank you again. Um, if you people want to find you, they can find you on your website, obviously, dataptribe.com, Instagram at dataptodcast, threads at dataptodcast. Um, there's a Facebook link in the show notes on Twitter slash X, whatever it's called these days, dataptodcast obviously your YouTube channel as well. And then also in your bio on Instagram, as well as on your website, you can see the link tree um, there, uh, Dad Up Tribe as well. They can find all your stuff there. Is there anything I missed to where they can find you, reach out to you, talk to you or anything? No, I mean, I will say, I will say this. Uh, I am not big on Twitter. Uh, I, I, I just don't really, I'm not active on there. Um, but uh, Instagram is the main one. Uh, and obviously that's data podcast. And then, Oh, am I, I haven't even looked. I honestly, I haven't even looked. Awesome. Oh, that's cool. I have, I do have people that kind of manage some of my accounts for me, uh, because Mm -hmm. it's just too much. It just takes a lot of time. But in saying that and saying that, um, Instagram has my link tree and in that link tree has everything where you can find me, look me up, learn more about me. And I always answer DMS personally. I answered uh, DMs. Uh, unless you send me a weird DM, then I'm not going to answer you. But if you have a question, uh, looking for coaching, something like that, uh, you can send me a DM and I will be more than happy to help you or encourage you or just provide support any way I can. Uh, I'm happy to do that. And I'll do this. Let me do this, Jay. Let me do this. <clears throat> for this show right now, I just did a thing uh, a short time ago about... Um, offering free coaching for the month of August. All right. So for the month of August, I offered free coaching. Those slots filled up really fast, but what I'll do for you, for your show, for your audience is let's do three. I'll take three guys that if they want coaching for me, um, I'll offer it for free for the month of August. Uh, all they got to do is reach out to you or reach out to me that they, they watched the, the episode and loved it. Yeah. And, they can and send me a DM. To, and, uh, and so we are recording here in August, but this actually won't come out until the first week of September. Um, 
So the okay, so so September. So that's okay, fine. Perfect, September. Perfect. Love it. So we'll we'll do it for September. That's fine. Uh, but three Love guys, it. if there's three guys out there that are watching this and want free coaching for the month of September, uh, reach out to us. You can reach out to Jay or reach out to me, and uh, I'll provide that as uh, a service to you, Jay, and a service to your listeners and followers. I love that. That's amazing, Brian. It's very generous of you. Appreciate it. Well, again, Brian, thank you so much. We could probably go for hours if we really wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll have to do it again sometime. But again, thank you so much for just your time, your wisdom, your perspective, and, you know, sitting down talking to to me here uh, and to all the young dads and the Young Dad Podcast here. It's much appreciated. So, No, you know what? Keep doing what you're doing, man, because it is shows like this that change lives and shows like this that impact families in a positive way. And when you change lives and impact families in a positive way, kids benefit. Yep. And that's the purpose is to really help our kids be better and, and better and to help you build a better relationship with them. So if you're, if you're doing, you're doing this show, you're, you're changing lives, you're building relationships within families and it's going to help the kids. And so I commend you keep doing what you're doing and um, appreciate you having me on I really do. Awesome. Audience, you guys know what to do. 